Have you ever been tempted to give up or check out in your walk with God? Have you been at a place in life's journey where you felt overwhelmed and overshadowed by life's obstacles, setbacks, or heartaches? It could be you are at such a place right now, a place where you are hungering for hope. If so, then Hope Along the Journey podcast is a ministry of encouragement created specifically with you and others just like you in mind. And now, here is your host, Mark Cravens, to share a word of encouragement with you today. Thank you, friends, for listening to today's episode of Hope Along the Journey. And I want to say to all the mothers out there on this Mother's Day Sunday, Happy Mother's Day. And we're glad you're listening. I hope it's a very, very special day for you. And on this Mother's Day, I have an extremely exciting guest that, that I'm excited to have. Are you excited? Yes, I am. All right, good. I want to make sure you're excited, too. And that is Ruth Spees Darlin. Um, Ruth is a wife. She's a mother of five children, and fasten your seatbelts, four and under in age. Five kids, <laughs> all of them four and under in age. We're going to hear more about that. She is a teacher at Kentucky Mountain Bible College. She has an MA in clinical counseling, a master's degree. She has done clinical supervision, I guess, but still doing some clinical supervision. Yes. And you have worked a lot in the past with uh, people that are dealing with substance abuse. Yes. Uh-huh. So that's great. Welcome to Hope Along the Journey. Thank you. Yeah. I just wish everybody could see her smile. She's got such a great <laughs> smile. I don't know. And that smile, I don't know if it means that you're like, okay, what's about to happen here? <laughs> Hopefully it means you're excited to be I on, am. I'm very excited. On the, uh-huh. on the radio here and on the podcast as well. We're just delighted to have you. Well, this being Mother's Day, we, we do want to talk to you about your journey to motherhood and what that looks like for you. But before we do that, I set you up. I told you I was going to do this. (laughs) I want to know what is a little known story or fact about Ruth's life. So this is a really strange thing, but my husband and I went to the Vatican City for our honeymoon and we were staying in right there. You could look out and you could see the Vatican from our hotel and we were we were there over a Sunday, and we wanted to go to church. Where do you go to church in the Vatican City but at a Catholic church? Right. So we found a Catholic <laughs> church, and we got there, and they we had a language barrier. And they asked us, they saw us all dressed up, mm-hmm. and they said, mm-hmm. assuming that we were good Catholics making our trip to the Vatican, they asked <laughs> us if we wanted to do the offering for them because they were running short that day. And my husband said, well, this is our first time here. And they said, oh, we'll show you how we do it here. You'll be fine, all this stuff. So pretty soon they hand him the, they hand us the, the wine and the wafers and mm-hmm. we realized pretty quickly we were not taking the offering we were serving the communion and <laughs> and we had no idea how this That's was so gonna good. work out so um they tried to walk us through it but by the time we ended up with it doing it i was so confused i did not know which what we were doing and i was going all over the church um trying to do all the rituals they said and we get up there and i'm standing in front of these three men that are dressed in these robes and you know um, big hats and everything and it's my turn to give them the communion so they they focused they asked me to take it first and i 
I go to sip and I didn't realize it was actually wine. And so my first instinct was I just spit it back out in the cup and then I had to serve it to everybody else. So I left there thinking my dad would be so shocked if he knew I served communion at the Catholic Church today. Oh, wow. Well, he knows now because he's probably listening to today's radio broadcast. So. I, yeah, probably. <laughs> well, that's that's neat. Isn't it funny that how life, things, the funniest things happen when we're not expecting them sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. Well, that's neat. Well, I we wanted to talk today about about motherhood, and I could, and I as I thought about Mother's Day, you kept coming to mind, Ruth, and I kept thinking, you know, I'd love for people to hear your story. So take us back. First of all, tell us a little bit about just about yourself and your childhood in general, and maybe even a little bit about how you and your husband came to meet. Um, well, I grew up at Kentucky Mount Bible College. My parents worked there. And um, I wanted to, I wanted to have a career, and I did not want to be a mom. That was a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I met my husband, and we got married. Um, we met there at the college, and I before we got married, we kind of settled it that it was okay if we didn't have kids. We were fine with that. Mm-hmm. And um, but things changed for us after we got married. For a few, we were married for a few years, and uh-huh. I realized I really wanted kids, and so. We started that journey. Yeah, well, and that, from what I know about your story from talking to you, um, you kind of start out like all young couples do. I remember mm-hmm. when my wife and I said, okay, it's the kid time, and so now we're going to tr- start trying to have children. But that was not a simple situation for you, was it? Tell us a little bit about what was going on in those first early years in that journey. Yeah, we were expecting it to go a lot easier than it did. Mm-hmm. Um, we kept trying to have kids, and we did this for a couple years. And then we started to go to lots of different doctors and do a lot of tests and try to figure out what was wrong because I just wasn't getting pregnant. Mm-hmm. And um, we would go to a lot of doctors, and they would say, you're fine, just keep trying. And we paid I know one year for my birthday, my birthday gift was we were paying a lot of money to a specialist for mm-hmm. me to go and find out what was wrong. And I sat there in her office and she said, I think the reason that you're not getting pregnant is your husband is probably abusive. <laughs> so, oh, you're kidding and, me. And I, I, I wanted to cry because I just spent several hundred dollars to have this lady tell me this ridiculous thing. And I couldn't convince her that that was not the situation. Oh, wow. Um. And if people only knew your husband, it'd make yeah. it all the funnier yeah. that he was, <laughs> yeah. that so, Zane was abusive. Yeah. So, but we went through, um, I was thinking the other day, we went through hundreds of dollars of tests for, you know, pregnancy tests and um, just yeah. the whole emotional roller coaster of getting negative after negative tests. Um, wow. I was talking to a friend of mine recently and she's struggling with it. And we were saying it's not as hard when you're not really trying. Um, but when you're really trying, it's like it, you can't go one day without having the emotional mm-hmm. weight of it mm-hmm. and feeling like you're on this emotional roller coaster of, um, you know, just is it going to work this time? What's wrong with me? What's going on? Right. right. Um, so that was that was a really hard time. We actually mm-hmm. I went through like a time of depression during that time. Um I remember about two years into trying, we we were at a Mother's Day service and. Uh, they had all the mothers come forward and they were talking about it. And I, I'm not super, like, I don't normally fall apart very easily, but I just started crying and I was bawling. And pretty soon about everybody in the church was looking at me and I was just so horrified. And that was, I, we decided I was not going to go to a Mother's Day service 
until I had kids. Yeah. So every year yeah. on Mother's Day, we would um, go on a little trip or something and go away for the weekend or something because it was just, that was such a difficult experience sitting there. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's even now while you're sharing that, I see the tears in your eyes because that was so, such a painful time for you. Mm-hmm. I told you when before we even had this interview that as a pastor through the years that I pastored a lot of a lot of people who Mother's Day was not a happy day. Mm-hmm. And I can remember preaching up Mother's Day. In fact, I, I got to the point I don't preach Mother's Day sermons because I don't want to see the tears in the eyes mm-hmm. because I I know that for some of them sitting there, this is like the saddest day of their life because they ache. Their arms ache to hold a child. Mm-hmm. Everybody else has got these children and I've even had them say to me, you know what? I hear people complaining about their kids and I, and I just want to grab them and mm-hmm. say, why are you complaining? Mm-hmm. I just would love to have a child, mm-hmm. you know. But it's interesting to hear you say that because, and I think we as pastors need to be sensitive to that, because for a lot of people, Mother's Day is a very sad and lonely time. So, wow. I think another thing that was hard was I would have people come up to me and they, I was working a lot because I was Mm -hmm. trying to kind of just put my mind on something else and Mm -hmm. be really busy. So they would come up and say it was selfish of me to put my career first and not have kids. And Oh my that was a really hard thing because yes. I thought, if you only knew, like, I'm yeah. trying so hard and this is all, um, this is what mm-hmm. I'm doing to kind of cope with that. Right. And I know they meant well, but they just kind of assumed that I was choosing not to have kids because, well, we had been married for a while and, um, like, we had tried to have kids and mm-hmm. had infertility for mm-hmm. five years. So, and we weren't really telling people that we couldn't have kids because it was such a sensitive thing. Absolutely. Right. So, yeah. um, I think some people just didn't understand and right. kind of assume that it was a choice I was making. and mm-hmm. Or maybe they would make a joke like, when are you guys going to get around to having kids? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, if you only knew, uh-huh. you know, what was going on. Mm-hmm. It, behind the scenes, we're doing our very best to try to, to, mm-hmm. to have a child and start a family. Yeah. But it's painful. I'm, I'm going to ask you this question. This probably isn't even on your script. <laughs> Did you and God have a lot of conversations during that time? Oh, yes, definitely. Um the most in, the one thing that really stood out to me one time was I was mopping the floor on my hands and knees in my mm-hmm. apartment and I was listening to an audio Bible and the story of Hannah came on mm-hmm. and um, I was sitting there and I was listening to it and I just started crying and I and I felt like I identified with her and I felt very clearly during that whole time and I was having this talk mm-hmm. with God I felt very clearly that he had he told me that I was going to also have a child, that it was going to be mine um, wow. and not adopted. And um, and this might sound really selfish, but my first reaction was, I want more than one. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, God, I know this probably sounds really selfish, but I actually mm-hmm. want more than one. And I felt like he very clearly said, you're going to have more than one. They and had something. And now my husband and I joke about it because I didn't necessarily mean that I wanted more than one at a time, but, <laughs> um, oh, but wow. yeah, I definitely have more than one. So. Wow. Thank you for sharing that because again, there, I know there's probably somebody listening today that really needs to hear what you have to say. So in just a moment, I kind of want us to then kind of turn the corner and, and start looking towards what took place that, that brought about 
the wonderful change that happened in your family. But before we do that, I, I just want to take a moment to tell our listeners about the sponsor that we have for our Hope Along the Journey, and that is Ryan's Auto Sales, located in Mifflinburg, Pennsylvania. My good friend Dwight Ryan has a, a used car lot there, has some beautiful cars and trucks. He's a wonderful Christian man. He's honest. He'll do his best to to get you into a vehicle that will work for you. And so if you're looking and for an automobile, why don't you give Ryan's Auto Sales a call. That's R-I-N-E-S, Rhines Auto Sales. The number is 570-966-2277. Again, that's 570-966-2277. Or you can go on to their website at rhinesautosales.com and look over their featured vehicles. But again, that's my friend Dwight Ryan. So reach out to him at, at Rhines Auto Sales there in Mifflinburg, Pennsylvania. So let's get back to our story here, because uh, I, I wanted I want us to move to the happiness. So there's been a lot of heartache and there's been a lot of sadness. So tell us what happened. How did life start turning around for you and your husband? Um, it was about five and a half years ago in November. It was a couple of days before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is another sad thing. We went to um, a fertility specialist, and she did, had done forty tests. Between my husband 40. and I. Wow. And she sat down and she said, you know, I didn't think I would have to tell you this, but um, you're not going to be able to have kids. Um, you just, it's not going to work. And so wow. she said, the only thing that could work is if you did in vitro fertilization, but I don't think it will, but you can give it a shot if you want to. Um, and then she told us what all involved, that was involved with that. So we began um, praying about it, and my husband is very much into the ethics and stuff. He was reading books on, is this an ethical thing? Um, and through his, all his research, he came to the conclusion that, um, that these, if we do this, we're going to make embry- embryos that are alive, and they belong to us, and we have to use however many we get. And we talked to an IVF doctor, and he said, um, you're going to you're going to get between two and four embryos and one to two live births if you do this cycle, um, if it works. And so I was thinking, if we end up with four embryos, I'm okay with having them all. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, we can have them all. So we went ahead and started the process, and we did it. Went to Chicago and did the whole thing. And um, we were there for about a month, and then they they make the embryos, and then they put them back into – um, the mother's womb. So mm-hmm. we're in the process of that and in the room where they, they consider the surgery room and the embryologist walks in and says, I have an amazing, amazing news for you guys. Um, this is totally unheard of, but you have 10 healthy embryos. Wow. And <laughs> wow. My husband was so shocked. <laughs> I've never seen him so shocked ever. He was sitting in the chair and he was yeah. just like, uh, just not saying a word. And I was, um, my heart rate was going through the roof. Mm-hmm. And the embryologist said, this is really great because you can use as many as you want and then you can throw the rest away. And <laughs> I look over at my husband and he's shaking his head and he's like, we're having 10 kids. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Maybe 10 kids, right? Yeah. So um, then they told us if you do, if you put them all in, um, only 70% will, will take. And mm-hmm. then if you put two in at a time, it goes down significantly. So um, depending on which avenue you do mm-hmm. and the way we're doing it right now, um, it's 10 to 15% chance that they'll both take if you put them in at the same time. But um, 
But that's that part wasn't over yet. Uh, we <laughs> we went home, and a couple days later, they called us and they said. Um, we had no idea that this would work, but you have five more. You have 15 healthy embryos. 15. So, <laughs> wow. I'm actually really glad we didn't hear all of that at the same time. Because <laughs> we were having a hard time handling 10. Wow, that's but, amazing. So yeah. what? Okay, so suddenly now we've got some positive news. In uh-huh. fact, it's uh, it's like over the over the top kind of news, like <laughs> yeah. more than you thought you were going to have to uh-huh. deal with. So kind of in layman's terms, help us understand, you know, a little bit about what that what that means and and what happened. Um so we we started off with we put two and two embryos in. Okay. And um the first round they're more likely to take and so mm-hmm. um because they're considered fresh they haven't been frozen yet. And um so uh, I think we had like a 30% chance that both of them would take. Okay. And so they put them in and, you know, um, not long after that, we went to the doctor and the doctor, uh, the the ultrasound tech was said, oh, wow, how many babies do you have? And I said, how many do you, what do you see there? And yeah. she said, I see at least two. And so there's two heartbeats <laughs> that first time. And um, we were thrilled. Yeah. Um, And then, um, so we had... Yeah. What was that? You know, I, what was that like when you that first sonogram and the heartbeats? Tell me a little bit, because I got a feeling mm-hmm. that was a very moving time when you re- suddenly realized mm-hmm. there's something alive inside of me. Um, well, it actually happened kind of really a strange situation. I was at work and I felt like something was really wrong, and I had a, a order from a doctor to do mm-hmm. the. Mm-hmm ultrasound and so i just picked up and went to my local er and said um can you do this ultrasound and so they went ahead and did it and my husband they didn't let my husband come in when they were doing it and so the lady uh, she said how many are there and i said well how many do you see and she said well i have two heartbeats at least and i started crying i was just so thrilled and my husband heard me crying outside and he thought oh no we've lost them the worst yeah and so then she i said in and she's like um if you want him to <laughs> yes i do so he came in and um heard their heartbeats and we were both crying and just just absolutely thrilled wow so you had twins yeah we all had right twins. so when were they born and give us their names um eliana um my husband wanted to name them all hebrew names okay so eliana kava which means um my god is answered and kava is hope and then emmanuel philip which um Emmanuel's God with us. Yes, yes. And then Philip was after my dad. Um, And then we named all of our kids some sort of Hebrew kind of phrase. Yeah, the last one will be Selah, right? (laughs) Could be, yeah. We've we've actually discussed that, so yeah. (laughs) Oh, wow. So, and so they're four. Um, They just turned four uh, this week. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Tell me a little bit. What was that? What was that like for you? giving when you gave birth to those kids and you held them in your arm those children for the first time what was that moment like for you as a mom um well i i thought i was really ready for twins and then i uh realized pretty quickly after they were born that i was not ready to handle Mm -hmm, both of mm -hmm. them but it was um i just remember just hugging them and holding them and just crying and yeah. <laughs> so thrilled and so feeling so blessed that God had answered. You know, we have, we have something in common as you probably remember. And that is, that's all we have. We have two sets of twin girls. 
So we've had twins twice. And so, uh, you know, I tell people jokingly, Noah's Ark, our kids all came two by two. We never had a child. We always had children. So I get that, you know, when that surprise. And man, you don't realize how much work they are. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they're, they're a lot of work. I want to ask you a question. What was your first Mother's Day like when you didn't have to find an excuse not to be at church on Mother's Day? I I just felt like I was the queen or something. <laughs> um, and the funniest thing is um, our church was rather small. And so mm-hmm. I got two awards that Sunday. My award was... Um, I was the one who be the newest mother. Okay. My kids were born like a month and a half before Mother's Day. So I was the newest mother and I was also the mother present with the most kids. <laughs> or with the most kids most present. Most kids present. Because yeah. <laughs> everybody else had just one kid there. So it was just really funny that yeah. those two awards really shouldn't yeah. go to the same person. But but you didn't stop mm-hmm. it too. No. So tell us now what's going on now with mm-hmm. with the next births and... Kind of what are you looking for toward the future? So, well, we had 13 embryos, and so we knew we had to keep on a pretty strict schedule. Uh-huh. I didn't know if I was ready for another set of twins, so we put in one embryo the next time. And um, about 18 months after the first set, Zion Alam was born. Um, that means, um, well, the kingdom of God is everlasting. Mm-hmm. And um, and then 18 months later, we had another set of twins. Wow. Um Shekinah Ahava, which is God's glory, mm-hmm. and Ahava mm-hmm. is love, and Chesed Emet, but we just call him Chesed, like blessed. <laughs> um, and that's um, yes. God's loving kindness and faithfulness, mm-hmm. and then Emet is truth. And um, so they are, that they're 10 months old, and yes. we recently put in two more embryos, and we're going to find out in a couple days if... How many? How many we're expecting? Wow, so. that is so exciting! Wow, <laughs> and you know one of the reasons I wanted you on this podcast and <clears throat> broadcast too was that you're ha- you're a happy mother, aren't yes, you? Yes, I am. Uh-huh. And and I told you I said I I meet so many moms who. You know, you almost get the feeling like if, if they could take him back and get a refund, they would, you know. <laughs> but you, your hands are full, you, you know, you guys are living a, not a large home, you got a smaller house, and yet every time I, I see you all, there's so much joy in what you're doing. Tell me a little bit about what's it like being a mom? What are some of the joys that you find with this house full of children and more to come problem? <laughs> Um, well, like you said, it is crazy. Um, there's a lot of emotions in our house. <laughs> so either everybody is really happy or everybody's really upset. Yeah. Um, kind of thing. But um I I noticed that for myself, it's really important that I really focus my focus has mm-hmm. to be on really praising God and thanking him. And this is actually a big theme in our home of focusing on that. Mm-hmm. And it really affects them and affects their, their moods and their attitudes. And that is um, important, isn't it? Yeah. Um, something else too is um, I was talking or Hubert Harriman, he was the president of world gospel mission for a while. And he said, don't ever do missions because you love people or because you love the ministry or anything like that. You have to do it because you love God. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that has really, really helped me as a, I'm home most of the time. So I teach, mm-hmm. but I'm only gone about three hours of my kids waking time. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I can't, 
I can't be a stay-at-home mom because I love them exactly. I have to do it because I love God. And my biggest desire is that they would see that his kingdom is here mm-hmm. and that they would see that um, that their mom is full of God's presence and communes with him every day and is um, just re- enjoying them and yes. enjoying him and enjoying just the life that he has given to us mm-hmm. and focuses on the positive and, um, and like oftentimes we feel like we're running out of energy, but I really believe that like the joy of the Lord is our strength, literally. That's great. Yes. And what we think yeah. about, and this is a mental health thing, whatever we think about produces chemicals like that in our brain. Yes. So yes. if we focus on positive things, like all the things God is doing mm-hmm. or who he is, it gives us energy and strength. That's beautiful. Yeah, that and that and I think that is so important you, because it sounds to me like and and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but it sounds to me like you look at this like a holy assignment. Yes, definitely. Uh-huh. You know, God gave you these children mm-hmm. and this is a holy assignment mm-hmm. and it's not they're not just there for your enjoyment as mm-hmm. much as you enjoy them. Mm-hmm. But this is a calling yes. that God has given you. And so therefore you have to do it with all your heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, does music play a large role in your family? Do you guys play a lot of music? <laughs> yes, we play a lot of music. We actually play a lot of like um, messianic uh, Hebrew music. <laughs> so um, because my husband is uh, loves Hebrew, so okay. Okay. Um, and then yeah, praise music and um, th- my kids love dancing around the living room and making up songs and yeah and stuff. Um, so that's definitely a big part. Of and it. I love your pictures on Facebook where you are are with the kids or or Zane is down in the floor with them playing with them. I just think that is, I just love to see those pictures because you've got such a beautiful family and I know both you and your husband take this very seriously. I say Mm -hmm. seriously in the sense that you, you understand that this is a holy assignment, Mm -hmm. but you do it with joy. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's incredible. And that joy, you know, attitudes are contagious. Mm -hmm. They really are. Uh Uh-huh. And it makes a world of difference. You know, I told you I was going to ask you this question, so I don't know if you lost any sleep over it or not. <laughs> but let's say you're sitting in in you're sitting in a cafe, you're sitting in somewhere, on and and you've got a friend or someone who's sitting across the booth from you, who is where you were back when you couldn't hardly stand to show up on a Mother's Day, when you feel like maybe you're you know, all alone, abandoned. And there she sits with a broken heart, longing for a child. And, you know, here's what I, here's what I hear them say so many times. They've said to me, the words like this, what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. You know, is, is God punishing me? You know, mm-hmm. all kinds of crazy thoughts the devil puts in our minds. Mm-hmm. Sitting there with your friend, what would be maybe some things you would want to just share with them to help them and give them some hope and encouragement in life. There's no easy answer to that. I've I I have been thinking about this a lot, um, but honestly, looking back, I think just looking at the whole situation and all the the emotions and how difficult it was to go through the infertility. And I had people say like, "When it's the right time, God will give you a baby" and all that stuff. And um, but honestly, looking back, God really prepared me for this and. Um, if I was not, if I was not interested, mm-hmm. I mean, really hadn't gone through that time, I wouldn't really appreciate them sure. and I wouldn't really mm-hmm. find 
I would be so frustrated, I think, <laughs> at just being stuck at home and stuff. Yeah. And I had wanted to travel so much, but I came to the place right before I had any kids. I thought, if I never get to travel again, I want kids more than anything. Mm-hmm. And and then I came to a lot of things like that, like where I'd worked for a while and I thought if I don't get to work again I just really want to have kids and um and so I settled a lot of things that I can't do anymore and I'm okay with that because I wouldn't trade any of them for those experiences anymore and and it really helps me not to be frustrated and my house is a mess all the time (laughs) and there's like Cheerios (laughs) on the floor and whatnot and about every day I have to tell myself I wouldn't trade one of these little faces for a clean floor and I I have to repeat this to myself all the time (laughs) I wouldn't trade one of these for this or that um and I really think that time of um just struggling with infertility showed me how valuable life is and how fragile and um and God worked it out. The timing was so perfect, yes. and I was ready whenever we did have them. And yeah. and I was serious about life. And encouraging them to really put their trust in the Lord, and just mm-hmm. that's what you would really encourage them to do. Is mm-hmm. just because God does hear. Mm-hmm. I mean, man, the testimony of Scripture is again and again where God heard a mother's mm-hmm. cry who longed for a child. So, mm-hmm. well, thank you for being on. Hope along the journey today, <laughs> and you. happy Mother's Day to Thank you. Thank you. And I trust that what we share today will be a blessing to others. Friends, today we just want to thank you for listening to today's episode of Hope Along the Journey. And I, as I always say and mean from the depths of my heart, if you look to Jesus, he will help you to find hope along the journey. And God bless you today. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you would like to know more about Hope Along the Journey, or if you would like to make a donation to show your support and appreciation for this ministry, then visit our website at hopealongthejourney.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll join us again for more Hope Along the Journey.